Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the 145th episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Joseph George. What is up, homie? What's up? I am ready to get into this big bracket. Hopefully, we'll be here for a while Let's discussing this. It. So, it's the round of 32. Mm-hmm. If you're joining us for the first time, we ask that you would go over to uh, the Penny Bloom Podcast page and check out episodes 142 and 143, where the round of 64, part one and part two are available. Uh, and if you want, you know, mar- you're a Marvel fan, you're here, check out episode 144, where we get into a, a spoiler-filled uh, uh, conversation about the Eternals. Uh, that's that, That'll be on episode 144. But today is the round of 32, and because Eternals was just released, and we, haven't, we hadn't seen it by the time we made this bracket, sorry, no Eternals a character characters are making a making any appearance uh however i'm sure that would be subject to change uh so let's 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 just dive into this round of 32 you know i Mm. I think back to our star wars bracket and our round of 32 on our star wars bracket took us a little more time than our round of 64 Mm -hmm. and that is interesting because our round of 64 for the marvel one took about four hours and we had to split it into two episodes so i'm interested as to what's going to happen here interested as to what will happen here i'm just buckling in i'm just ready for whatever (laughs) i'm ready for whatever let's fucking do it then let's get into this first matchup where we've got spider-man versus gamora now Let's show some love to Gamora because she's she's gonna see the door here. Sadly, I mean, Spider Man, Spider Man. We don't need to talk about him right now. We'll talk more about him later. Let's give some love to Gamora because boy, oh boy, is she my favorite guardian of the galaxy right now. Especially like especially in the MCU, but like expanding beyond that into comic lore and uh, video games and stuff. Like Gamora is the the best guardian of the galaxy. It's undoubtable mm. for me. She's the true leader. The true leader of that group she's is Gamora. The, she's the compass. She really is. Yeah. Some people say it's Star-Lord. No. Some people say it may be Rocket. No. It's Gamora. Gamora makes... Gamora like, makes that team what it is. Oh, yeah. She, uh, daughter of Thanos, you know. She's, uh, she's a badass, even though, you know, forcibly taken away from her planet, her, her family. Uh, not that fun, but... You gotta give it to Thanos. She, or he at least made her able to to take care of herself in any situation she's in. Um, It's fascinating, too, because she is basically like Marvel's intergalactic blood sport slash peacemaker of the mm, Suicide Squad. Like, living weapon, super badass, can turn anything, can make anything deadly for anybody. Like, it's like, she is, and obviously they don't dive into that too much in the Guardians because it's not as gory and in your face with the violence as the suicide squad is it'd be like that if it was though gamora would be fucking dudes up like that's, oh yeah that's just how it is i mean she's like thinking of just her uh like what she's done like she's the only one who knew where the soul stone was like that's kind of insane she the fact that, that on, she found that on her own somehow found a map and led her to vormir so like did she go to Vormir and like she went there alone, but then couldn't get the stone because, you know, you have to make a sacrifice. And like, do you think she was ever thinking of doing it? And the only person that she could sacrifice is either go is Nebula or Quill or, you know, later like if they met, Quill. yeah, like way later. So like, I wonder, like, uh, 
if we'll get more Gamora content like back uh, before, you know, well, and like I mean, there's a there's the possibility that like I mean they've introduced in the finale of What If Gamora, daughter of Thanos. Now, if you introduce, I was pissed. I was pissed because Gamora, daughter of Thanos, was one of the things I was far and away the most excited for from What If. Mm. And then it was a very small part of the finale, uh, which, I mean, can only mean one thing for me, that Gamora, daughter of Thanos, is probably a bigger part of What If Season 2. Mm. What if Gamora, daughter of Thanos, goes and gets that soul stone for herself? Like, what happens then? I bet she gets all of them herself. She becomes Thanos. She's like that. She's she like is that. like... The thing is, is that Ronan couldn't overthrow Thanos, but Gamora, she could. I I see her like actually stabbing him, like with that. Oh, that's gonna happen. Oh my god, come on! The perfectly balanced blade, oh, yeah. Yeah, blade Thanos gave her. He's actually, or she's gonna kill him with that blade, actually for real this time. Ooh. Oh, she's going to do the whole reality stone thing on him. Oh, that'd be perfect. Oh, come on. It has to have come. They, that's the thing about, uh, is like, what if is that there's so many, what ifs that you can come up with. And they said this in Marvel assembled, yeah. like there's so many, what ifs that you can come up with, but the important question is then what, then what, and, is I, the then I, what? and that yeah. was such a good way to put it because that really is what made the episodes, the episodes, because obviously yeah. The what if is just the single moment that creates the story you're watching. Mm-hmm. What if Peggy Peggy Carter gets the super serum? Then what happens to to, to uh, Steve Rogers? You know, like that's that's a perfect perfect way to execute that, and it makes it incredibly difficult. Like, what what There's... are the butterfly effects of this of the mm-hmm. question? Like, is- I wonder what questions we can really ask about Gamora. Because there, we don't have a lot of backstory with her, you know, like, the only questions we can really ask is with the Soul Stone, with Thanos, with maybe she didn't join the Guardians, maybe... It's actually like, really fascinating. She like, loved think, Groot instead, because she about... can either <laughs> pick between the human or the tree or whatever, you know, the line was, yeah. but... Um, either him or a tree. <laughs> this is the one? Yeah, like, yeah, like... This is the fucking guy? Like, Chris yeah, that's Pratt? just... <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I'm thinking of like those Guardians movies and then the further uh, elaboration on her backstory and stuff like I know Quill has been the subject of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies for the most part like his backstory and his, his conflict with his father Gamora's conflict with her father was a very big fucking deal and was Sub the subject of the best MCU film there is, like, <laughs> yeah, Gamora's a big fucking deal in the MCU, and I I absolutely love Zoe Saldana in the role, and that character is just fantastic. I can't say enough about uh enough about Gamora. However, you know she's she doesn't have the storied history of our our, our boy Spidey, and obviously the nostalgia is probably going to get the best of us the most for the most part when Spidey's in the play, in play, but uh, with good reason. He's the most iconic Marvel superhero there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spidey takes it. Yeah. Sorry, Gamora. We love you. You're a fantastic character, and hopefully we get more of you um in the near future. But Spidey's going to take the cake on this one. That's that's true. So Spider Man as a uh, as a one seed. We'll be knocking out Gamora, who was an eight. Uh, mm-hmm. So one versus eight there, which is a, a fun, a fun little seating. Uh, sorry to Gamora. Shout out to mm-hmm. Spider Man. Let's go on to our next one, where we have a four seed versus a five seed in Deadpool versus Ultron. Ooh, now this is getting this is hard because this one. It is hard. This is genuinely like, the, the. I think this is genuinely the hardest one we've had to ponder so far, uh, just because they are they're two drastically different characters. A couple of characters who haven't met on screen. That's not an element to them that we can incorporate into this. Uh, and both have storied histories in comics, and obviously Ultron 
does have a little bit more of a his- history on him, being one of the original Avengers villains and being one of their most long-standing foes, the creator of Vision. Like he's got a lot, a lot of credit under his belt, and especially on screen. You know, like Ultron has Age of Ultron. While it is like for some reason viewed as the worst Avengers movie, is better than the first one. Good. It's better than the first one, uh, for sure. And I mean, and then with what if, with what we get of Ultron, that's some of the best content ever. However, Deadpool one and two are two of my favorite comic book movies of all time. That is what makes it hard. Is that like, I love both of these characters very deeply. Obviously, I love Ultron, and if I were to pick a winner, I'm gonna root. I'm gonna say it's Ultron here. You know, I'm I'm gonna. I'm not going to put my boy down. But um I I'm take like for the purpose of this, I'm taking myself away from all my Ultron tendencies and and thoughts. Um and like I'm thinking pre what if um I think Deadpool wins um wins this one. Um but I like I really do think Ultron's what if performance like it does take his character to a new level. Um and like he like in the cartoons like the animated like cartoons like Ultron's huge in those he's huge in the comics like the concept of Ultron I think is 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 just cooler but that's just me no I'm with but, you. Uh, I'm with you and like here's here, it, it ultimately comes down it, and what sucks is these are such such different characters like. Mm-hmm. It's a shame they have to face off this early because neither one of these is a character that should be removed in the second round. Uh, it's this a, is a hard. Of, yeah, this is tough. Of, they're going. I mean, this shouldn't matter. Um, they're in going this, against Spider Man, though. They're going against Spidey. Um, so, but th- that that makes this decision kind of important because, uh, like, this is the matchup that matters. The next one, who cares? Yeah. But like, this is the one where we need to. To actually like pick a the good winner from, I think I like it's it's like it's also a matter of what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like the villain? Do you, do you do you want do you go with the villain when you're faced with these opportunities, or do you go with with an antihero who breaks the fourth wall and makes jokes about sucking dicks and fucking Logan Wolverine? Like I, it's, the it's, honest it's, winner here is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say it. It hurts me. I'm devastated. But like, legitimate, he wins this one. Like, I, I I think you're right. I think you're right. But like, I I don't. I I know that you're the one who latches onto Ultron. But I also don't want to let go of him here because I think that of our villains in the in the franchise in the movies. Ultron is the is the scariest. On screen, he is the he is the most frighteningly portrayed. Uh, the concept of him is horrifying and relatively realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, not relatively realistic, but like closer closer to happening than a mutated I understand. X, yeah, mutated X gene <laughs> that helps this dude uh re- like fucking come back to life over and over. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so there's there's this element of like. And he's not he's not some giant purple titan who has six infinity stones and he's not a an Asgardian god. Like he is AI. Dude had access to one stone and did what he did. And that's the thing, is that Ultron's knowledge was limited to Earth. He only knew of Earth. Like is the thing. Um in Age of Ultron. At least that of what I'm talking. Um, no, yeah, I feel he you. only knows of Earth because Earth doesn't know of outside life yet, or at least the public doesn't know. So Ultron doesn't know. Yeah, and like it makes the what if episode like way more like it just the weight of it of him like realizing after he kills everyone on Earth like oh there are worlds beyond my own, and then he kills every world and he's like. Oh, there's universes beyond my own. Like he literally, and the way they explain that in the assembled, where like 
he basked in the infinite silence of the universe. The there was nothing happening in the universe because he had killed everything. <sighs> and because <sighs> it was so quiet everywhere in his universe, only then could he hear the watcher. And it's like holy shit. You know what? I am comfortable letting Deadpool win if I can just nerd out about Ultron real quick in the what if episode and give him a farewell. Do it. Um, the just, just the utter destruction that this guy can, can just, the thing that doesn't hold Ultron back is that he doesn't have any morals. He's not a, you know, human that has complex thought. He's a, a computer that is very pretty analog or pretty binary. You know, he just makes his decisions based on what he knows. And as he expands his knowledge, he only becomes more powerful. And that is why, like, that's why I just love this character so much, is that whenever we see him almost destroy the entire Earth, he has one stone, and he really didn't use it. Like, barely used the Mind Stone, really, and he ended up losing it to to Vision. So this dude is a strong villain on his own, doesn't need anything else really, but when he has access to everything else is whenever his character becomes mm, beautiful. Uh, yeah, you're right. And uh, the fact that the Watcher couldn't see this coming or whether he... It, like, I'm still up in the air on this. Like, I don't really understand that um, the Watcher is literally saying, like, the events as it's happening. And he's like, I've seen everything, you know, I've seen everything. I've every possible combination of everything. And how could I not see this coming? So, like, is that their way of saying that, like, the Watcher is just living in the moment here? And, like, or is it the fact, or are they saying, like, Ultron really, like, ascended I, to this, like, other power? Like, it's it's really fascinating because this is, this is now a matter of the Watcher. It's, uh, like, this is, this, that very thing isn't about Ultron's power. It's about the way the Watcher's character works. So, th the way I've mm. rationalized that now is that... The Watcher is a narrator, an infinite mm -hmm. narrator, who is invested in these stories, loves these stories, needs these stories. What fun are the stories if you know how they end? Exactly. So I, I feel like he's living in the moment for him. Like yeah. he li like puts himself put put himself in the story, and he as he's narrating it, that's his way of like looking into that time or yeah. whatever yeah because he's kind of like a dr manhattan being where he can access any point in any time and access any story that he wants so yeah. that, i i i am comfortable with that like that makes perfect sense to me the only thing that holds me back is that he literally says i can see everything like i yeah, know I think, everything I think that was just a matter of just like a little bit of a flawed dialogue mm. like i think they, they were didn't really to... think of the the implications of the line. Like, I think it was like they were trying to portray how powerful Ultron is without considering exactly how that would make us think of the watcher. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. True. Uh, and, and, and there's a whole nother season of what if coming. So like, there's so much more that they can do. But well, apparently, apparently season two is like, according to Marvel assembled, like pretty much, all worked out like mm -hmm. we like they know what they're doing already it's just a matter like so i i wouldn't be surprised if we get what if season two even fucking next year mm -hmm. like given given just the way that marvel studios has installed that second branch of fucking uh animation studios and stuff like i think that's i think that's a fair assumption but uh it, the only thing that i'm like scared of is that like we might have gotten the last Ultron content for a very long time. Yeah. Like, uh, he might not be coming back for a very, very long time. 
if it is in live action, it's not happening anytime soon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with what I've got. Obviously, that episode was just it was like meant for me to watch. I enjoyed every second of watching everyone die. I, I loved it. It was awesome. Just, just the idea, like just the instant kill of Thanos, the no thought, just interesting. Like the, the absolute binary of Ultron is what makes him cool. Like the fact that he's so set is like what makes his character interesting. And like, I just, I I love that concept in general of, you know, AI and, and all of that. So Obviously, I gravitate towards Ultron, and that dude is is my boy. But Wade, you're taking the dub here. You're taking the dub here, and uh, we'll definitely talk more about you in the Sweet Sixteen. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. We'll definitely talk more about you in the Sweet Sixteen. But uh, so yes, Deadpool. The uh, uh, interestingly enough, the five seed advances ahead of the four seed, so we've got another upset here. With Deadpool moving past Ultron. It's all right. I'll uh, cry myself to sleep tonight. It's okay. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, Deadpool, you deserve it here. You do. You do indeed. So let's move on to our next matchup where we've got a three versus a six in Hulk versus Venom. Okay. Mm. This is fun. Uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, this is, this is another one where you're dealing with just different characters. Mm-hmm. But there is there is this duality to both of them that is interesting. You've got the Bruce Banner Hulk dynamic, and you've got the Eddie Brock Venom dynamic. And uh, on screen, as it's been portrayed, uh, obviously uh, Hulk's had more time to get his shit worked out in the MCU, and uh, Venom is only more just now coming into his own as a. I mean, basically, Venom Let There Be Carnage is practically a breakup movie and them trying to recover and then them getting back together. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's funny how that movie was kind of structured like a romantic comedy. Uh, but it's hard. It's this hard. One, this one is actually a little tough. And the matchup is cool, like having both of them having like a little duality to them. Um, it's just kind of cool the way it worked out. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that they're matching up. It, but like, if we're going off like iconicism, like I don't know who wins here. No, they're both iconic. That's the thing is that like Venom, like, and they're iconic. And this is similar to the last thing. They're iconic for different reasons. Like Hulk is this historic, storied character that has had several live action adaptations, several animated adaptations. Like this character has been everywhere but you know who has appeared in a plurality of live action films and in several animated series and all over video games venom so it's like these are both storied iconic characters so it's just so difficult here uh i mean if we're going on screen hulk does not have a good he like have on a great leg to stand on. Yeah, on screen is not where the Hulk shines. And I'll say, while I do like the Venom movies, I wouldn't say they're doing the character like much justice by comparison. Mm. Like it's like they're they're telling their stories how they're doing it, and it's like I think I think that the symbiote stories are really cool and stuff. Uh I mean, we have had, it's hard to say because, so do you want the Spider-Man villain? Do you like, do you like Venom enough as the Spider-Man villain? Or do you want one of, because this is something that Hulk has over Venom. He is more classic there. Yes. His history goes, runs deeper. It goes further back. Uh, I guess I'm not even thinking of, uh, the classic like Hulk movies. Um, like the, just the old, like the older one before the MCU introduction. Yeah. Like, um, cause he, they, the Hulk has those. I, yeah, I don't know if, I don't have, think Venom. No, no, Venom does not. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's what I was taking into the, account. Does the first that, time Venom 
popping up in film. Is that Spider-Man 3? I think so. On, on wow. in live action film. Interesting. Uh, Spider-Man 3 and then Venom and then Venom Let There Be Carnage are, are Venom's live action appearances. I think like saying that, like that, I think the Hulk has the Hulk to does. take this. One. Well, I, I was thinking I, I and ultimately I was going to come to that conclusion. Uh, mm. Venom rocks, but he's not Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Like it's should, the Hulk. It, it's ultimately not Hulk. He has his own Ben and Jerry flavor, at least in the MCU. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hulk and uh, Hulk and a hunk of hunk of Hulk of burning fudge or something like that. Yeah, let's let's see. Hulk's ice cream flavor is anywhere is hunka Hulka burning fudge. Yep, hunka Hulka burning, burning fudge. fudge. Wow, that's a. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh Hulk. You got to take this one. They did you dirty in the MCU. Well, uh, you deserve this dub. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is that Hulk's iconicism will carry him quite a bit, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and ultimately, he does prevail over Venom here. So let's let's give Venom a little love, uh, as we have. You know, uh, I saw some discussion the other day on Twitter about whether, uh, like, the differences between. Uh, Topher Grace's and Ed Hardy or Tom Hardy's Ed Hardy Tom Hardy's adaptations of Venom and how uh, Tom Hardy's is more complete and cooler but Topher Grace's is probably scarier mm. uh, and I would say I, I, I'll say I, I'd agree with that to a degree uh, I think that the way they portray you know, Eddie Brock and Venom's dynamic in the modern movies is a little bit more playful. Therefore, you don't you don't have this intense fear of Venom, whereas you saw how corruptive Venom was in Spider-Man Three. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I see. Uh, you see how evil it like how it it brought out the worst in Peter Parker and how it uh, it affected uh, Eddie Brock's brain to the point where he was like, you know what? I got fired. There's one answer. I'm gonna kill this fucking guy. Uh, all very, all very interesting. Uh, but ultimately, it's just not enough for me. Venom is a is a cool character, uh, and I look forward to what's to come very soon mm. uh, with Venom. And I think that could be some potentiality to propel him pretty high in the uh, the pantheon of Marvel characters here, especially in the MCU. Uh, but you know, Hulk could be getting a little bit of a revamp here with the, uh, the, uh, upcoming She-Hulk and, uh, him gonna, he's gonna continue being a part of the MCU and who knows, maybe we get an exploration and further building upon his character. I don't know. I wish I could say more about you, Venom, but I haven't seen your modern movies yet and I'm sorry. I don't know why I haven't. I, I, I keep saying this on the pod that I'm going to watch it, but I've been watching way better movies, in my opinion, recently. Um, so why would you watch Venom? I yeah, so I, I, I will get to you. I promise. Um, I, I'll need to because of, uh, I mean, what? Uh... Oh, yeah, it was the just the Spoiler, second Venom. Spoilers uh, ahead for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Skip ahead 15 seconds. The post credit scene in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is him being exported to the uh, MCU reality through the spell, and he licks Tom Holland's face. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, uh, because he's probably going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Was, uh, or, never mind. I Wow. Yeah, I just shouldn't have, I was about, I was about to say, just, I'm going to stop. Gonna stop. It was about, it was about the Eternals. So, <laughs> okay. oh, cool, cool. I really don't want to hear that. Uh, we're going to fun fact for everybody listening. We're going to see that later today. But for you guys, we will have seen it two weeks earlier from the time that I'm putting this episode out. Hello, future it's all very self. Confusing. We're doing or some we're doing some mad self. time traveling uh, lately. Uh, months in advance, months ahead, <laughs> weeks ahead. It's uh, we're doing we're, we're we're doing some time traveling for sure. Uh, and you know, let us be your guide to these vast new realities. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs> let's dive into the next matchup here, where we've got a ten versus a two, and Jean Grey, the Phoenix, versus 
Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. Cool matchup, man. No, this is the dopest matchup there's ever been. If there's ever a live-action adaptation where these two face off, oh, boy. It's going to be a visual spectacle because Mm. these two characters are fucking magnificent. And if we're going strictly on-screen adaptations, the easy choice is Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. However, we can't dismiss the history of Jean Grey and the Phoenix. And uh, since this will be out in, uh, on uh, November 22nd, I got I to gotta direct the people to uh, about a week from now. Uh, mm. The last day of November, there will be an episode of Mutants Monthly, Mutants Monthly number four, in fact, where we will, we will be discussing the Phoenix and all its aspects in an episode titled Fear and Loathing in Dark Phoenix which uh, I'm I'm very excited for, and we will get a deeper dive into Jean Grey's character there. But let's go, uh, let's go broad strokes here on the whole. Uh, the Phoenix is dope. Mm. It's a really, really, really cool concept, and it's something that the MCU seems to be playing with a little bit in regards to this Scarlet Witch uh, reveal of Wanda Maximoff in Wanda mm-hmm. Witch. Yeah, I mean, Jean Grey... Like, not even arguably, she is the strongest human being to ever, like, exist. She has the the most powerful uh, power in a human that's ever existed. And uh, just the phoenix, like, the phoenix power, like, in itself, like, is such a cool concept. But putting that in a human, a young human, a character who was, you know, brought up to be weak the weak the weakest of the group at initially you know she 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 always fell behind but then now she's literally the most powerful and she can stitch back the fabric of the universe if she wants to um so you you know like off power like gene gray probably is gonna beat wanda i don't we don't know we don't know like yeah yeah like it's uh this would be like this is the only matchup in Marvel that like I care about for the number one spot. Like Captain Marvel, Thor, like you like they're not even in this conversation. Like uh Doctor Strange maybe enters this conversation. Well, see, I was thinking like I was thinking like Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel are as close as you're gonna get. Like mm. Doctor Strange Supreme and like yeah. Captain Marvel at her best. Yeah, and that, that's the right. thing is that we haven't seen Captain Marvel like at her fullest potential yet. Like, uh, yeah, like her going holding back. That's yeah, like I back. like be sick to see, but like Jean Grey, when an she Infinity goes, Stone. Like, Phoenix. yeah, like Captain Marvel's imbued with the power of an Infinity Stone, but Wanda and Jean Grey, like their powers. I guess Wanda's is kind of the mind. Like it's beyond, mind, that, but it's it's chaos are, magic. Like yeah, like yeah, it's chaos magic in the Phoenix. Like, like dude, it's crazy how <laughs> kindred spirits they're making these two because it's mm. like one. Like this is an unlocked potential that was like prophesized practically to one day appear, and like the Phoenix Force was waiting for the strongest possible person to imbue, imbue itself into, and then it imbues itself, and it's like. She's the Phoenix now. I, the Jean Grey, you know, is no longer around. I am Phoenix, life mm. incarnate, and it's like, God damn! And what uh, happens whenever this person gets their beautiful, brand new power? They use it for good for a little bit, but then what happens? The Dark Phoenix comes out, and uh, if we're going off poetry and. Uh, you know, some some things that are lining up. It rhymes. Wanda. Wanda's not headed to a good place. After watching Age of Ultron, I watched it over the weekend when I was at the lake with my cousins. There are scenes in there re-watching that are like, oh my god. Like, it's from the start. She's been planning, like, this whole thing. Like, she saw these visions of... Tony sacrificing himself like the vision that Tony had of everyone saying like you could have saved us you could have done more so she saw the events of Endgame um Thor like in Thor's vision is Thanos gathering the stones like Wanda saw all of this and she saw oh if I let Tony take this then he will eventually die all of his friends will eventually die 
and I become mega powerful. Whether she's changed from then, obviously that's that's the question. Is yeah, I was has say, she I was changed? Say, all that all of that happens before she's met Vision. I know. But now Vision's gone. The only thing holding her back is gone. That white vision, that's that's not vision. That's I am the vision. It's not vision. It's, I am the vision. I guess he has his memories now, right? That's what's confusing. We also don't know where White Vision stands. I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty much there. Like I'm, but I don't think it's going to be the same. They went like it. I don't think it's going to be the same though. No, uh, according to comics, the White Vision becomes more uh, robotic. He remembers all of the connections he had, but uh, doesn't have the emotional attachment to them. Uh, It's uh, and the fact that Wanda lost her kids too. Like, but with the multiverse opening, you know she's going to find a way to get those kids back. But is it going to be in a good way? True, true. The that is probably what will drive her into madness is getting her kids back. It'll drive yeah. her to use the darkest of dark magic. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, uh, yeah, you're probably right. But I and I mm. I, I look forward to whatever stories they have with Wanda Maximoff in mind. Uh, because on screen, I mean, thinking back to Age of Ultron and then seeing her story continue in Civil War and then after that an in Infinity, Infinity War and then at the end of Endgame and then to WandaVision, buddy, he's got, she's got one of the best track records right now in terms of a story because holy fuck, and, and, and she's like, going to be like those centerpiece. Credit to WandaVision for this because I did not realize it. Hmm. Like I knew she had a good story. I knew she was dope in Age of Ultron. But the connective tissue that has continued through Civil War and Infinity War is so important. And I just wasn't giving it – like whenever mm-hmm. we're in Copenhagen at the beginning of Infinity War and it is Vision and Wanda, like I'm thinking, oh, this is sweet. But I'm not thinking like – this is impacting this character in a really, really meaningful way, and it will come back to haunt everyone. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, like now it's like, holy fuck! And and for that, like, the on-screen stuff just elevates Wanda to a different level. Jean Grey can't stand a chance because X Men's adaptations have just been quite horrid live action, to be honest. But uh, more on that at the end of the month and mm-hmm. monthly number four: Fear and Loathing in Dark Phoenix. Scarlet uh, Witch, to be clear. I am never like I, I don't think she's becoming like full blown villain. I think she just becomes more of an anti hero for a little well, bit. Well, yeah, like she's what like yeah, like she's doing anything she can to achieve her goal. Yeah, like I, I don't think she's going like kill everybody, you know, like full villain mode. Um, I like she's too. She's her character has progressed too much to do that. Um, um I don't think they do it, but but yeah, I think. I mean, she wins here. She's entering her prime, and she still has one of the best, you know, characters in the MCU. And she's about to be the centerpiece of the next probably couple phases. So, I'm excited. I'm very excited for Multiverse of Madness. Uh, seeing what what happens there. I don't think they'll. If I think the next time we see Wanda is No Way Home's post credit scene. I think that's the next time we see Wanda. And, uh, it should, I, I'm, I'm just super curious to see what they do with her. And I think Jean Grey's story, like, will have a very heavy toll on what they do with, with Wanda here. Like, it's oh, towards the end anyway, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, oh, because yeah. like the way they've built up Wanda, she'll be around a while. A while. She is the Scarlet Witch. Like, yeah. Does, is she... Does she live forever now, or does she still age? No, she still ages. She'll still age and stuff, but, uh, you know, there's probably a- magic she can access to kind of go full Red Woman type shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, the future is bright for both of these characters, hopefully. Oh, dude. Uh, espe- I can't wait for the MCU to finally get their hands on Jean Grey, because mm. she so gonna, We're going to need her. Justice. <laughs> we're and, going like, to need her. Another really cool aspect of these characters is that, like, their first appearances are literally three comics apart. 
That's awesome. Jean Grey appears in Uncanny X-Men number one. And in Uncanny X-Men number four, Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, is making her first appearance as a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants with uh, under Magneto. So, like, they made their first appearances within months of each other in the same comic run as foes. It only made sense that they'd be facing off here. And, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch had to go. Had, mm-hmm. to, had to go on. Had to go on. Uh, so, sorry, Jean Grey. But uh, we'll talk We'll talk more about you later this month. How about talk that? Talk to us in uh, five five years. See, yeah, we'll come back. Or, and see, full we'll swing in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to this next matchup. We're now in the, uh, the bottom half of the bracket here, the last four matchups uh, before the second half of uh, the round of 32. And we'll probably end up splitting this into two episodes again, part one and part two for the round of 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll finish this side of the bracket, and I'll ask you to head over to that other episode. So let's go with a two seed versus a ten seed here with uh, uh, the easiest matchup so far, Black Panther versus Odin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this one is, so far in the round of 32, the easiest. It's Black Panther. Uh, and, I mean, Odin's dope. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, and obviously, I mean... I guess Odin's yeah, we more, could we could talk about Odin a little bit since he's going it's away. It's fascinating because Odin is truly far far more fleshed fleshed out than Black Panther is because you know there's whole mythologies based around him. Yeah, going uh, off MCU alone, I think the coolest thing about Odin is that he's like the uh, the unofficial first guy to have every stone. Like yeah. uh, it's not confirmed that you know with the the gauntlet joke. With Hela and everything, like, uh... Fake. Yeah, so, like, you, like, no one can convince me that Odin has at least had every stone in his possession. I don't necessarily think it's all at the same time. Um, like, I don't think he had all six at, at once. He could've. But this dude, he's gathered all of them. And you see in his life, his children, his powers, like... His friends are all imbued with powers of the stones. Heimdall is literally the soul stone. Like, straight up is the soul stone. Loki is the reality stone. Odin had a spear that shot a mind stone laser out of it that looks exactly like visions. Um, like all, they age slowly. Time stone. Like, um, there's so many things that, you know, just correlate that I, like, Odin's just uh he's he's just a cool like kind of background character to have like yeah. uh and and is one that if they ever wanted to do some sort of adaptation like in a like of a prequel of sorts like to Asgard as a whole uh that would be really cool to figure out sort of how Asgard became Asgard in the MCU realm you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying because obviously we have whole mythologies about Asgard but. You know, MCU has clearly made it made its own thing with that mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, it's kind of the part of Marvel that people have the hardest time getting into, and that's why like Thor: Dark World is is so low on the ratings, like just for dark elves and just things that people can't get into as easily. And that's just kind of how Norse mythology or Marvel's Norse mythology works, because um, yeah. it's not really Norse at all, um, but. Odin, I mean, yeah, you're you're taking the L here to one of the best characters in the MCU, um, so don't don't feel too bad. Um, I know you are Odin, Odinson. You know you're you're freaking the top dog most of the time, but not to this guy. This guy, uh, uh, not to not to Jichala, not to T'Challa. That's just not going to happen. Uh, the Black Panther will be moving on. He's just too fucking good, and uh, there will be more discussion of black panther in the future rounds so uh we'll leave we'll leave that one as is for now uh shout out to odin but yeah you had to go down to uh to black panther it just had to happen mm-hmm. all right so after that we've got a six versus a three and this is tough we've got miles morales versus wolverine Two of the best comic book movies. Into yeah. the Spider-Verse and Logan. 
Like, these two movies are... Those might be my top two comic book movies of all time. They're fantastic. Like, they're amazing. Masterpieces. And, like, the only thing that's holding Miles Morales back is that he's a newer character and he doesn't have the history that Wolverine has. Yeah. Is the only thing that's holding Miles Morales back. Absolutely. Because, I'm going to tell you, Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite comic book movie. And I've said it over and over. I, I, I will reiterate that every time I can. Because... It is the best comic book movie. Without a doubt. Uh, it's so fucking good. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's everything about that movie is just beautiful. It's it's wow. timeless. Every time you rewatch it, it still hits the emotional like every 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 emotion that you felt watching that movie like for the first time, you still feel a great magnitude of it, like watching it again and again and again and again. Yeah. Like the movie is repeatable. Logan is also repeatable. I don't think it's as repeatable as Into the no, Spider-Verse, no. but Into like the Spider-Verse uh, is a little lighter. And like lends itself to more rewatches. Miles Morales in 10 years is like I he's replacing Spider-Man. Like oh, yeah. uh yeah. like he will be the like, like Peter Parker will get phased out eventually and yeah. will kind of leave that character to rest. His video games are massive. Like, the Into the Spider-Verse is massive. Like, everything Miles Morales has touched so far has been gold. And it, it will continue to do so. Um, but well, there's no... I know, uh, I know that the Prowler in Into the Spider-Verse is, a, is the one of the more compelling characters, Aaron Davis, uh, his uncle, and who we have seen in the MCU. Mm-hmm as portrayed by Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. So if we could ever get him as the Prowler in live action, I'm going to be very thankful uh, because that'll be the shit. But uh, let's, let's, here's the thing. I Wolverine is one of my three favorite superheroes of all time. Like growing up, it was Spider-Man, Batman, and Wolverine for me. Like mm-hmm. these, those were the guys. I absolutely loved them. And Wolverine is the second most iconic character in the MCU. It's Spider Man, yeah. Then it's Wolverine, yeah. In Marvel, yeah, Marvel specifically, like Wolverine. There's no denying the history of him. Like he's huge, like massive. You know was, his face. There was a, like there was a fan of Marvel before they went fucking bankrupt, where X Men was their only comic. That was succeeding, and Wolverine was the fucking guy in those. Like, he kept Marvel alive for years. And there's also, like, I mean, Hugh Jackman's live-action portrayals, fucking magnificent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, to the X-Men animated series, that's that's a great portrayal of, of Wolverine. I think to... Uh, fucking as recently as a couple years ago, there is an audio... There's an audio... Uh, story on a, like a podcast format that's it's called Logan or Wolverine the Lost Trail and Wolverine the Long Night and I listen to those voiced by Richard Armitage Wolverine is like official Marvel stuff hmm. shit's really well done and boy oh boy is it fucking compelling like you're listening to that on the edge of, I'm listening to that on the edge of my fucking seat uh, the Long Night and then the Lost Trail is the is the lineage there but uh and and given all that i do have to go wolverine here yeah uh i will say though miles morales has come out fucking swinging for as young a care as new a character as he is because his first appearance wasn't until like 2011 Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think yeah it's sad to see him come up to such a powerful opponent so soon um, yeah, cause I, I think he, he, like miles could have been like a, a true, like upset many, many times. Like, yeah, uh, it, just, yeah, it happened to work out this way where he faced Wolverine in round two, mm. which is just a shame. This next one is, uh, so far that's that, that one and Ultron are, are our biggest losses so far here. Yeah. On, I'd say, and I mean, Jean Grey too, but it was such a fun matchup to have her versus Scarlet Witch that I don't really, I don't really mind. Uh, 
let's talk uh let's talk the next one. Oh man. Uh we got a four versus a five and Sam Wilson versus Magneto. Oh fuck. Um I'ma tell you. You catch me you catch me a year ago. It's Magneto. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's my favorite out of the three shows that have come out so far. You catch me now, I'm going Sam Wilson. Mm -hmm. Which is like, I never would have anticipated that in my life, that Sam Wilson would overcome Magneto as a favorite character of mine. But it's definitely happened. The Falcon and Winter Soldier is the best of the three shows to come out. After rewatching all three of the shows... It's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, like, I rewatched that finale just the other day. The other day I was going through, like, comfort episodes of TV, so I went through, I watched that, I watched an episode of The Mandalorian, an episode of Rebels, The Clone Wars, so on and so forth. Uh, I watched that finale. That man's going to be the heart of the MCU for a while. Yeah. Like, I'm excited. I am so excited. I, I like, even just thinking about that episode of television gives me goosebumps and like nearly brings me to tears thinking about how good he was in that finale. Yeah. Like I he owned it. Like owned, he killed it. There are there are like four separate moments in that in that episode at least that bring me to tears. Oh, I bomb my eyes out every time in that episode. Dude, that whole like, show, like goosebumps I get that first that first time he fly his wings expand and he throws the shield through the window and the dude's like, oh. "Who are you?" and he's like, "I'm Captain America." I'm like, "Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah." Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was uh man, that like WandaVision and Loki man. are cool. They have really cool things that happen in them, but the story yeah. And the just the grittiness, maybe that's not the right word. Just like the no, like, the trueness the, of Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldiers. See, like there's this thing that Marvel is getting into, where we're getting this multiversal and mystical shit with WandaVision and Loki and Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and Spider Man No Way Home. And Spider Man No Way Home might be the best example of blending, mm. uh, blending the the grounded real real shit like you know the meme where it's like Thanos Infinity Stones wake the fuck up Peter it's 2004 I'm gonna <laughs> throw a fucking car at you like that, that's uh that's that's just what Spider-Man villains are you know so them coming through in a multiversal way is really funny uh but like and then you get the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you get the Black Widow and you and shit like that it's grounded. It's grounded, and it'll feel, it'll always feel more real. And especially, yes. and like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, more so than anything in the MCU, was a uh, a a more progressive swing than they've ever taken. Uh, like it was an emotional story that made me cry very often. Not just the finale, like throughout the entire show, like, but it like. We're talking about Sam Wilson here because, you know, that's the matchup. But, like, Bucky's other half of the show, like, Bucky's storyline was amazing, too, and heartbreaking. Oh, and, like, oh, my gosh. Like, this show, it didn't need the flashy multiverse or or vision in Wanda. Like, it didn't need it. It, lit- it was off the story alone that, like, carried the show. And Absolutely. Bucky and Sam Wilson, they killed it. Um, they're perfect. Yeah, they're like perfect. Magneto. I mean, I, I I don't think we've really done him justice yet. No, um, we, we haven't, haven't really talked because yeah. there is an episode where, like, me and Aurora, Mutants Monthly mm. Number One, where we just we talked about Professor X and we talked about Magneto for an entire episode. <laughs> uh, uh, I see. Yeah. So I mean, like, you you get your get what you want to say about Magneto in. I've said what I need to about Magneto. And that's over on like episode one thirty or something. Mutants mm. Monthly number one, Professor X versus Magneto. I just uh what I love about Magneto is that he can come into the MCU and just destroy. Like uh Iron Man, you're literally crushed to a pulp. Um Cap, 
your shield, sorry, not very useful. Um, Mjolnir's up in the air. Um, but like literally he can like take out everybody in an instant. Like this dude is powerful. Like, and his, his story, like his, his storyline, like his origin story. His history is devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, like the, the makings of the character are fascinating because they are similar, not similar, but like of the same spirit that I'd say, uh, Aaron Kellyman's character was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, protecting protecting people in a revolutionary way, and trying to prevent further pain for mm-hmm. for people and the people who are oppressed by these governments. Like, and I think that's that's exactly what Magneto stands for. Uh, yeah. But on the mutant on the mutant side of things, you know what I'm saying. And obviously his his history as a as a Jewish man who was a who was a survivor of the Holocaust, like. That that shit where he's got the he's got the the number the number on his on his arm tattooed and he's like I I I'll never let another person take a needle in my skin again mm-hmm. I'll never let that happen again like X Men storylines are just way cooler like no yeah like X like the X Men is the best the best Marvel property mm-hmm. and the fact that the MCU hasn't even adapted it yet is fucking amazing because it means we have such an amazing thing to look forward to. And how – while we're on the subject of Magneto, I guess the last thing we can say about him is, like, you think he's going to be Wanda's, like, dad still? And, like, is and like it's how are they going to bring around. him in, you know? It's an easy ride around. They absolutely could. Uh, you know, like, uh, he left and these are your adoptive parents. Uh, mm-hmm. They never told you because you were never old enough to learn and they died too young. I guess like, the only thing that's like still holding me back is like where have the X Men been and why haven't they been around? Is like how are they going to explain mutant, that? Yeah, it has to be a mutant creating event. Like, but then how is Wanda? Like, if it's a mutant creating event, then that means Magneto isn't Magneto yet, but Wanda is Wanda already. So yeah. Magneto's just Wanda's dad. Well, Magneto just... would have already Eric Lencher would have already had. Oh, that's true. That's just true. Wouldn't have been activated. That's true. Wait, so so his origin story doesn't work though. No, see, that's another thing is that the MCU is going to be it's going to be interesting because they are going to completely redo these characters. They like Eric Lencher probably won't be a, a survivor of the Holocaust in the MCU. That's probably just not something that's going to happen because of the timing of it all. Like, if you did, you'd want someone like the guy who played him in the ori- in the original X Men movies because he'd have to be that old. But going forward, they're probably looking for someone a little yo- on the yo- younger side instead mm-hmm. of Ian McKellen. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So it will be interesting to see w- however they however they decide to to play with that. Uh, but I think that it is interesting that. This this period of the snap, there probably are plenty there's probably plenty of origin stories there. As we've seen with Monica Rambeau, and as I'm sure we'll keep seeing with characters as they're introduced. Like this'll probably be the traumatic event that propels a lot of people to become who they become. You know what I'm saying? I just had like a massive epiphany of uh, coming off Eternals. I think we'll have a very interesting conversation after we watch that movie. Okay. okay. Um, I didn't even like think of. Wow. Yeah. Um, Sam Wilson takes the cake here, though. I want to get off that subject as fast as I can. All right. Um, all right. All right. I'm with you, though. Sam Wilson does take the cake. Yeah. Uh, Magneto <laughs> rocks historic storied character first issue of uncanny x-men but i gotta say it might be recency bias mm-hmm. but fuck i can't i can't get too past good Sam wilson right now it's too good yeah I can't he's too good wilson. uh I, I love that man love that man to death last uh, matchup quickly quickly becoming one of my favorite mcu characters there mm. is sam wilson but uh 
let's uh let's get on to this last matchup of part one of the round of 32 which will take us here just over an hour which is perfect we've got a number one seed versus a number nine seed and iron man versus shuri the next black panther it's looking like it it's looking like it uh Future Black Panther versus dead character now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so the, we're the fu- we're talking about the future, and then we're talking about all and, the history. And, and here's the thing: it's easy. It is yeah. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's give let's give Shuri her love, and like I want to give this some justification too. I do have some reservations about Shuri becoming the Black Panther. Uh, not 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 serious you know like uh, i'm okay with it obviously it's just that thus far i wouldn't i wouldn't say she's gotten a a a a in-depth development and i know t'challa didn't before he became the black panther so that's a little hypocritical and stuff but like she has just been a, a a wisecracking funny person who is really smart and she's and don't get me wrong, she's been awesome. Like I've loved I've loved what she's done and the fucking like things she made that shot off her wrists. That was fucking cool. Mm. Uh, she was, like, yeah, her, she's basically like the Tony Stark of Wakanda, um, and like she like has access to way cooler technology. And like now that it's open to the world, and Shuri is basically the. Like what Tony Stark wanted to be, um, like this is a cool matchup. Like uh, it, it's kind of poetic in a way. I, that like I, I agree. Um, like Shuri, I the character that I want to become the Black Panther. I Nakia. forget. Is that her name? Nyong'o. Yes. Is that Nakia, who, the the chick who was undercover at the beginning of the movie who T'Challa had to go and save? Who was like clearly set up to potentially be a black panther and had the spirit of a black panther and opened the world to wakanda uh the fact that marvel is like altogether ignored that character entirely in like the falcon and winter soldier and in infinity war and endgame is interesting to me mm. and i don't know why they've done that my uh, guess i this is i think she's pregnant Oh, Lupita Nyong'o? I think this is how, um, like, this just makes sense to me. That oh, she's pregnant. Nakia. Yeah, she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. Okay. No, not in real life, not in real life, yeah. She's gotcha. pregnant in the MCU with T'Challa's baby. That's how they'll carry on the legacy of T'Challa. Like, kind of cool. It yeah, will yeah. make her yeah. unable to become the Black Panther at the time because she's pregnant. Shuri will step in to be the temporary Black Panther, then will step down once the baby is born. That, like, I feel like that's just the next Black Panther movie. Like, literally, like, I don't know why. I've, like, I just, I don't, I I just have a feeling that, like, she's pregnant, Shuri's gonna step in for a little bit, and then she's becoming the next Black Panther. Like, that would make, the other thing here is that Shuri's, very young Mm -hmm. that's like the other that's just the other concern for me is that like if she's to become the next black panther y'all are gonna have a child as the black panther Mm -hmm. which i'm sure has happened in the history of wakanda throughout their history of kings and you know there'll probably be a note of misogyny at some point coming in as an opposition to uh uh shuri becoming the next black panther or something like that has there ever been a female black panther i don't know well, they they worship. I guess in the trees, they worship Never, a goddess, yeah. Mother Bast. So, like, there's probably not a ton of misogyny in Wakanda. That's right? true. Yeah, no. They seem like they're kind of past that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's ever been a female like well, Black Panther, the but like, Malazze, like they've got the whole. They're past the whole, misogyny. Um, yeah, they're past misogyny. I think okay, it's cool. it's just um, like the writers of the story, like at the time, like the reason that there's still only men as black Panther is just the writers of the story being misogynistic, not actually 
Wakanda being misogynist. Not Wakanda being misogynist. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. So uh, uh, very yeah. This the future of Black Panther is very interesting. Um, and I can't wait to see what they do with Shuri, whether she does become Black Panther, whether she's just like a world ambassador, you know, for science and STEM and stuff. Um, I I think her her character is is going to be very important to the MCU, regardless of what what she becomes. That. So I'm with that for sure. Uh, I can I can say that that'll almost certainly be the case. Uh, but yeah, she 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 doesn't take it over Iron Man. I don't think. Uh, and with that, we conclude part one of the round of 32. So let's let's read that back real quick. We had Spider-Man winning over Gamora and Deadpool winning over Ultron, which means our number one Spider-Man will face our number five Deadpool in the Sweet 16. Goodbye, Ultron. Goodbye, Ultron. Sad to see you go. We got a, uh, a number three seed defeating a number six seed with Hulk defeating Venom, moving on to face... Uh, Scarlet Witch, who defeated Jean Grey. So next round, we've got Hulk versus Scarlet Witch and Spider-Man versus Deadpool. And uh, sorry to see uh, Venom and Jean Grey go so early, but, you know, it had to be done. Some characters have to have to get got, you know, mm-hmm. that's just how this thing works. Uh, we got uh, Black Panther winning over Odin and Wolverine winning over Miles Morales, which will see Black Panther versus Wolverine in the Sweet 16, which uh, is going to be a fucking bitch for me. I'm going to I'm gonna cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then, to top it off, we got Sam so Wilson winning Sam Wilson winning over Magneto to face Iron Man, who defeated Shuri. So Sam Wilson versus Iron Man. And boy, oh boy, is that going to be a fun side of the bracket for the Sweet 16. Mm. Spider-Man versus Deadpool, Hulk versus Scarlet Witch, Black Panther versus Wolverine and Sam Wilson versus Iron Man in the Sweet 16 next week. So, uh, if you will, I ask that you go head over to uh, the next the next episode, the round of 32, part two, where we will continue this uh, for presumably another hour uh, for you on that other episode. So, uh, if you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find over 20 hours of exclusive content. Uh, very, very fun. We did the whole planning for this bracket on Patreon. We did all the seating and, uh, all, uh, working out which characters we were going to use. And, uh, we know we've missed a couple. We know we missed a couple. And we're sorry. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think of every single one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to think of every single one. And, uh, Killmonger should be on here. Killmonger should have been on here. The Ancient One should have been on here. Uh, I'd say, uh, Oh, uh, Carly Morgenthau probably should have been on here. Dang. Uh, maybe even John Walker should have been on. Yeah. Here. But maybe Sharon Carter and Peggy Carter and like, there's a missed, lot of missed. characters. We yeah. missed. There's a ton of characters and we missed a couple, but we wanted to get more than just the MCU in here. And we really thought about that. So that's, that's how that went down. Uh, head to Twitter, uh, follow at Penny Bloom pod where we're posting, uh, all these matchups for you where you can vote on so we can see if the public agrees with our opinion here. Uh, go ahead and vote on those. Follow at Penny Bloom Podcast on Instagram. I was Colton Robertson, joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, and I'll talk to you in just a little bit for that round of 32, part two. Head over there now, and remember, peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. <laughs>